You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're back with you on this Monday morning, and a ton has happened, Matt, since we stopped recording Friday. In fact, just after Friday's episode, the Wentz news came down with his foot injury. We have more news now on the Wentz-Colts situation this morning, so we'll get into all of that. What are the options for those Indianapolis Colts? We've got other news about Nick Chubb signing, Justin Houston signing, and a few more notes around the NFL as camps are going and football begins this week week at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Get involved in tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday episode, whatever's on your mind as we head toward this 2021 season. Let's start, though, with those Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz. Matt, the latest is that Wentz will have surgery. He uh, said over the weekend that it was going to be a wait and see thing, maybe rehab it. But I think the Colts just wanted to have answers, right? And and it sounds like they decided, you know what, never mind, let's not try to rehab this thing. And, and then if you have surgery at week one, realizing that you wasted a month of time, then you lose them for even longer. And so now, according to Colts head coach Frank Reich, Carson Wentz will undergo foot surgery and his timetable to return puts him around mid-season-ish, five to 12 weeks. It could be early in the season, could be a little bit later, but it's looking like midseason the Colts will get Carson Wentz back. And my initial thought, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here, if I'm way off, but I feel like this is the worst scenario for the Colts because now he's not out long enough for them to do anything about it. And, and it seems like they're just going to roll with Jacob Eason. In fact, <laughs> Reich told Jacob Eason, quote, it's your show. And he's confident in, in the quarterback that's never thrown an NFL pass. They brought in Brett Hundley. That's not going to save a season. So he's Wentz is out long enough that if he was your guy and he was going to lead you somewhere, it could still ruin the season, but he's not out long enough for them to do anything about it, it would seem. Yeah, I think this is kind of the worst situation. You laid that out well. I mean, the last I had heard before this breaking news that happened right before we went on the air today was there going to be day-to-day? We'll see if we need it. Maybe he can, you know, get himself to the starting line in, in week one. But I was thinking even in that situation, like, it can't be close to 100%. And Wentz has these Superman-like traits, and no one's Superman. And I, I thought, man, he's probably putting himself in harm's way yet again, taking another sack, taking, throwing another interception, trying to, you know, jump over the pow and tearing up his knee. I mean, just seems like that's the type of guy he is for better or worse, but lately it's been for worse. Um, the only thing I, well, let's talk about Easton for a quick second, big, strong armed, old school pocket passer that the year before he was eligible or really he came out, people were talking about him as like a day two late round one potential guy, um, so I was a little shocked he fell to where he did. I mean, behind a good line, he can sit back and sling it, but he's not real mobile. And, you know, uh, he has some, I mean, he's some, has some familiarity. He's got a year under his belt. The only other name I can come up with, and I want to talk about some more of this too, but would you consider trading for Nick Foles? I mean, the Bears, I'm sure, would give him to you for, you know, a bag of footballs and get him off the books. 
at this point, you have to go the cheaper options. Of course, on the Locked On yeah. 49ers podcast, immediately all my listeners are like, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, and that's not going to happen for a half-season situation. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo no. deals with his own injuries, too, so you bring in another often injured quarterback to replace one injured quarterback and pay him $50 million. It, there would have to be some cap hoops, some some pay cuts, and it's, the Jimmy G thing doesn't make any sense. So you got to go cheaper. Marcus Mariota is a name that starts to make some sense there. Gardner Minshew. Nick Foles, cheapest of all the options. Obviously, the connection with Wins and Foles. Um, Mariota, Minshew, Foles. Uh, okay. Mariota just redid his deal to be cheaper for the Raiders. Would What would they be looking for uh, under the cap for the Colts? It would make more sense there. Minshew doesn't make He's anything. He's still on his yeah. rookie contract. Obviously, they know who the starter is going to be. I would think the Minshew potential of him playing better than Foles I would go for Minshew first but Foles should be pretty much free Frank Reich has worked with Foles we, we saw what happened the last time Foles took over for Carson Wentz so uh, maybe there's something there what about this one you I think you screwed up pretty clearly letting Jacoby Brissett go sign with the Dolphins for one year five million dollars just say ah you know what Miami we screwed this one up here's a here's a day three pick give us Jacoby Brissett back he knows the offense and then we can roll with him for half a season I think that'd be great, and I'd, I'd want even more of that. I, I thought that was a screw-up when it happened. I'm a Brissett fan. That's my favorite of the options, although I'd be pretty intrigued with Mariota. Um, Minshew's a great call if it wasn't within the division. You know, I mean, I don't know that Jacksonville's going to be mm, yeah. real happy to send him that way unless they overspend for him. You give me a third-round pick, okay, we'll talk. I mean, it's not going to be a, a freebie, take this small contract off our hands who can – back up Lawrence and what value at some point. I don't love fools, but the familiarity is big and I could see that being the route. But how about this? I mean, now, without a doubt, the Eagles are not going to get the Colts first round pick because he has mm-hmm. to play 70% of the snaps or more. I mean, that seems like a 0% chance of that happening, uh, even if he comes back on the, the below side of that. But how about this thought, though, too? Like, Indy's opening schedule, just bear with me for a minute. They host Seattle in week one. They got to be a dog in that game, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. With Easton at quarterback, for sure. And then they host the Rams, dog, Mm -hmm. at Tennessee, ouch, at Miami, at Baltimore. They... Easily could be 0-5. I think they have a bye week in there, and then they play the Niners, too. Yeah, they actually have Houston, which <laughs> you did it intentionally is a bye week. <laughs> then they go to San Fran. Then they host Tennessee. So they might be 1-7, basically, at the halfway point. And it gets much easier after that, but... Do you just stick with Eason if he's not embarrassing himself? I mean, is the Wentz project put on hold even longer? Do you not rush him back? Or do you rush him back if you're 0-4? Like, that opening schedule doesn't bode well, certainly for the Colts' playoff chances. It just puts him in such a huge hole, and that's kind of the problem, is maybe it's too much to dig out of even if Wentz comes back and plays as well as they hoped he would. But uh, just the, the the whole thing really highlights that they, they put so much of their eggs in the Wentz basket, didn't even have yeah. another quarterback on the roster 
to start camp that had thrown an NFL pass and then brought in Brett Hundley immediately following the injury. So at least he's played some quarterback in the NFL. But uh, at this point, Frank Reich saying, uh, I had the quote in here somewhere. He said, the job is Jacobs right now and he's got to earn it, but he's in the driver's seat. So the Jacob Eason led Indianapolis Colts, uh, not ideal start for this season. Um, uh, I just I don't know if there's a good there's a good plan here. You got to bring no. in a quarterback though. I think I, th- I think you still have to. How much do you spend on that quarterback? And that's why to me, Minshew. If you can talk to the, I mean, maybe Tua and it sounds like Tua's throwing darts and a lot of them are going to Jalen Waddle in Dolphins mm-hmm. camp. Maybe that's enough. Maybe Miami's seen enough from Tua to be like, yeah, okay, let's just get a free draft pick and we won't even pay. Jacoby Brissett, after all, you can have him back. So Brissett, Foles. I like that idea. Those are the names that make sense to me because it won't cost too much, and maybe you could salvage something early in the season. And who knows? Maybe it's on the five-week side of things, and Carson Wentz misses you know, the first or second game of the season, and that's it. And that would be the ideal scenario for the Colts, and then they have a better backup situation as well. But, I mean, big picture, I don't know how the Colts – I'd have a tough time writing a scenario where the Colts are not in the quarterback market after the season now. I mean, unless Wentz comes yeah. back and tears it up. But, boy, I mean, will he tear it up? I mean, I hate that the the injury is a, quote, foot injury. Does that mean he has broken toes? Does that mean it's the arch? Is it a broken bone? I mean, it's really vague. Um, but, like, winners and losers, the Colts are a big loser. The Eagles are a big loser. That goes from a first through a second mm-hmm. and that first might be pretty early now you know i mean like i don't know if the colts are going to playoffs so I mean, that's probably a top 20 pick that the just fell through the, the eagles hands wentz is an obvious loser like is are his starting days they, they're in more jeopardy now than they were before to be a long-term starter in this league he's almost on then, the he's on the nick Foles path now oddly enough a little bit yeah you know like i i can't count on you right now i mean every opportunity you get i can count on you less and less so the winners to me though are the titans i mean the it, that seems oh, like yeah. a one horse race in that division now i mean they i don't know what vegas odds are but i'm sure they change dramatically and i also think it affects the chargers and steelers and patriots like not favorites to win their division, but seven teams are going in the AFC. And I think one of the contenders just probably got knocked off. I have one more note on this situation for the Colts as it pertains to fantasy football. And then let's talk about the newly minted Nick Chubb, Justin Houston, got some notes on Palomalo and COVID and in the hall of fame stuff that hopefully you have some insight on. And then another story uh, I like about the start of training camp from way back in like 1987. That's all coming up next. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone at Built.com. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Uh, If you don't know, the Built Bar flavors... You're missing out because there's so many good ones. Peanut butter, my number one. You got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Those are the originals, but they are always rolling out specialty flavors. So go to built.com, buy yourself a box, mix your own box of built bars. Not only are those built bar flavors the best tasting protein bar out there, they are healthy 
too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs in every bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. Dynasty Leagues, you going to pick up Jacob Eason right now, Matt? Uh, I mean, 6'6", huge arm. Maybe we've seen some big arm quarterbacks really succeed lately in the NFL. Obviously, Frank Reich and the Colts uh, and Chris Ballard, they liked him enough to not go bring back another backup quarterback. Is there maybe some more there that we're not giving enough credit to Jacob Eason right now, who's going to come in and try to lead this Colts team to start the season? I think we're not giving enough credit to Jacob Eason, the the collective media out there. I mean, not necessarily me and you. Um, I think he could do good things. And again, he has some tools. I trust I trust Reich to get a lot out of them. They they certainly have a run game. They'll probably play it pretty close to the vest and a lot of Jonathan Taylor rely on the defense and offensive line. They just gave Braden Smith money, you know, Nelson. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, deep dynasty leagues or certainly super flex leagues. I mean, you're jumping all over Eason. He at least has a, an opportunity. So stock up for Jacob Eason. That he's he's going to throw yeah, passes yeah. when he wasn't going to before. Uh, I to be honest, I'm I'm I think you mentioned that maybe me and you aren't giving enough credit. I think I'm guilty of not giving him enough credit. I did not like his tape at all coming out of college, really and he either. failed in yeah. Washington, and then failed in Georgia. Uh, but he was a big time recruit with a big arm. Uh, I, I just didn't see anything that was natural about him playing quarterback. The, the arm is definitely not the problem there with Jacob Eason. But we'll see. He's had some time. He's still only 23 years old. Has all the 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 arm talent as far as a. Uh, throwing power that you would want yeah. in a quarterback. So we'll see how that goes for them. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor there. Stock up for Jonathan Taylor, right? Uh, maybe yards per carry go down, but touches go up. Probably, but it didn't have much room to go up. I mean, I'm not sure it goes up leaps and bounds. I mean, I'm not taking him in the top five. I was kind of obje- objecting to taking Taylor in the first round in a 12-team league because I think his receptions were going to drop a lot with Rivers gone and Mac back in the fold. So... Uh, maybe it stays stagnant or takes or takes a little step up, but not massive. Could take a hit if there's less leads for them to run the ball later in games, but yeah, then that yeah. could also mean maybe it doesn't hit guys like T.Y. Hilton and especially Michael Pittman, who's one of the players I really liked coming into this year as a potential breakout guy there in Indy. Um, maybe this hurts his chances. Maybe it helps his chances if they're throwing more later in games and there's a big-arm quarterback that's willing to chuck it up to him down the field. Yeah, a lot of these situations, you can look at it two ways. You know, am I getting garbage time out of it, but my quarterback's not as good? I own a lot of Pittman stock in Dynasty Leagues and and was really anticipating a breakout, a number one receiver, their number one receiver, not a fantasy number one receiver. Uh, Performance this year, I think I have to temper that back a little bit. I was just checking because I couldn't remember what the injury status was for T.Y. Hilton. I thought he was banged up for some reason. The first headline, Colts T.Y. Hilton, excited for year 10, ready to work with Carson Wentz. Whoops, that was four <laughs> days ago. How, how quickly things can change in the NFL. Uh, I'm not counting on him to do a lot this year. <laughs> well, right, yeah. I, I'm with you, though. I think wide receiver one, that baton is passed, and it's Michael Pittman's the one. And then, you know, you got T.Y. Hilton as the, as the guy opposite who can still do some things, but I don't, I don't expect that T.Y. Hilton we saw the other 10 years of his career uh, going forward. Um, 
Although big arms, so we'll see. Maybe maybe some bigger plays to happen in that offense than we've seen in recent years. And we might have seen that anyway with Carson Wentz. Let's yeah, move on yeah. to Nick Chubb. He got a new contract. His contract is worth $20 million in guarantees. Let me find the final numbers here of this contract. It's There's been so much that's happened. The, the notes are down the list here for me. Three-year, $36.6 million. That's $20 million guaranteed. And he'll become a free agent again at the age of 29, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, I, I, there's a couple of crazy notes here that I just want to get to really quick with Chubb as far as what type of player he's been. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry in 2020 despite facing an 8-plus man box about 31% of the time, which was 10th highest in the league. Wow. That's impressive, but how about this one from Jake Trotter, who covers the Browns for ESPN? Nick Chubb averaged 10 yards per carry in the fourth quarter of games last year. Not a typo. Wow. That blows me away. I had not seen that one before, and I was like, wait, let me read that again. Not a typo. Chubb averaged 10 yards per carry in the fourth quarter of games all year. This takes nothing away from that stat, which is remarkable, but this because this is the type of runner he is. My hunch is... He broke off a couple long ones late in games, which he's extremely capable of doing. It's one of the beauties of the player. He can wear you down, and he can break your back with a long one, You know, especially late in games. You're a little tired and sick of dealing with that O-line and Hunt and Chubb, and boom, you know, miss a tackle, and he goes 80 on you, and all of a sudden his yards per carry are crazy. Um, I like the way they structured this contract from what I've seen initially because – he wasn't a first-round pick. You couldn't pick up the first, the fifth-year option. You, could, you can't live without him. And it's only a three-year deal, as you mentioned. I mean, it's only the year twenty-eight of his, of his, you know, his current age. Which it's not as awful of a second contract as some of the running back deals we've seen. A couple of things along those lines, though. Deep down, I'm a don't invest in running back kind of guy, especially contract two. And there's several examples. Todd Gurley absolutely comes to mind of, you know, of that not going well. However, I mean, Minnesota with Cook, Cincy with Mixon, Carolina with McCaffrey, they've all done it pretty recently. The Saints with Kamara, and it's going okay so far. I know history shows us it doesn't. But I'm interested. You know, I mean, he's not much of a receiver, though. Those guys can all catch the ball really well. But he's younger than, you know. I think it's nice to have a one-two, even if there's, mm-hmm. um, even if you're leaving some carries on the table. And to be to be honest, I would love to see Derrick Henry have somebody to take a few carries off his plate to allow yeah, him to last a little bit longer. But uh, I wonder what Derrick Henry's, and I was trying to find it while you were talking there. I can't find what his fourth quarter yards per carry was. But I think it's a similar story where you wear him down all game long, and then they break off these big second-half runs. Yeah, and just punish you and put you away. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of those two. And frankly, I think they're the two best old-school ball carriers in the league. You know, I mean, receiving out of it, but just hand them the ball and go. I mean, they're built for the 80s and 90s, and that still has value. But let's bring this back to the Browns, because Baker Mayfield is due to get paid here very soon. Even with Mayfield on a rookie contract, and it's a first overall contract, so it's not peanuts, but it's still a rookie deal. The Browns have the most money invested on offense of any team in the league, and that's before this deal. They have a ton of 10 million ish type contracts. And I was looking at it earlier this morning. Like, don't quote me, but give or take, Keenum makes around seven. 
Hooper makes around 12. Landry and Beckham are 15-ish. Batonio and Shredder are like 11. Conklin, I think, is 14. So my is, I don't think they can live without Nick Chubb, especially with the style of quarterback that Baker is and the way Stefanski has accordingly built the offense around his quarterback, as he should. But something's going to give. <laughs> you oh, yeah. can't just have it. Yeah. And you got to pay Baker Mayfield, too. So right. I'm looking at Austin Hooper, I'm looking at Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Two of those three won't be there. Two of them. Year. Yeah. Two of them are gone next year. I, I think Batonio or Treader are probably gone. You know, that's the hard part because they wanted to build yeah. around that offensive line and they put so many resources into it. But it's at a certain point, it just gets too much. Yep. And gone are the days of. Uh, let's go get Troy Hill and John Johnson and Clowney and whatever shiny thing we want. And oh, by the way, Kareem Hunt got money too. Yeah. So they're don't expect the Browns to be buyers the next coming years. Nope. Uh, this is their shot to be expensive everywhere. But yep. quarterback, you start to pay quarterback, that gets expensive. A lot of other things got to get a lot cheaper with the Browns. So that's going to be a fun one to to track how this Browns team goes but I think Nick Chubb as far as running backs go and I'm not a big fan of of second contracts for running backs but this one feels better than a lot of the big ones we've seen recently yeah it seems okay you know but they're gonna have other issues but that's the price of being a good team you Mm -hmm. know if you drafted all these guys and they stink and you don't have to pay Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield it's real easy to go out and get stuff I mean this is when you become a solid, good franchise, these are, you know, first world problems. Yeah, the curse of being good. So right. you better have that quarterback and coach figured out because you're going to have to do a lot of changes on your roster if you're going to stay good for a while. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk Justin Houston, Troy Polamalu, and the rare Jim McMahon reference on the podcast Ooh. to finish it up. I'd like to take a moment here to tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and then when i say all your sports everything major league baseball nba nhl playoffs super fun even more fun when you've got a little bit of extra action on those games ufc mma celebrity boxing golf everything you could imagine betting on they've got available they've got lines on it at bet online you've got some futures bets when it comes to nfl teams over under win totals on your favorite team rookie of the year MVP and Super Bowl champion. So, uh, before you do anything else, head over to Bet Online, your laptop, mobile device, your desktop computer. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. That's promo code LOCKED ON at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I got to go to the story because uh, I. I I, I don't quite remember those Bears teams. Uh, the, I know the Super Bowl shuffle, but I was a little young to really know what the heck was going on in those days. And looking back, you know, and I remember the end of Walter Payton's career. like, he was great, but it was like, I remember Bo Jackson was like the first best running back in the NFL. I was like, okay, this guy's okay. different. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember those Bear teams that well, but I know all the personalities there. And I ran across this story, and I wanted to run it by you um because i thought it was fantastic and just to show you how different things are 30 35 years later when it comes to training camp so jim mcmahon won 23 straight regular season starts from 1984 to 1987 which is unbelievable 23 straight regular season starts as the quarterback so to start training camp the next year what did he do he brought 24 beers and drank 24 beers uh because he wanted to uh 
beat that streak of 23 straight regular season starts. So, um, and, and Jim McMahon himself piped up on Twitter with this story and said, the first day of training camp looked a bit different in our day. I thought that was an insane story <laughs> compared to what's going on. Can you imagine if someone showed up and pounded 24 beers on the first day of training camp in 2021? Exactly. And that's how it was. I mean, people got in shape in camp. They had two a days, you know, like two a days, you know, day after day after day. Um, they unwinded at the end of the day. I mean, life was a lot different. And I'm not so sure it was so terrible either, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's some good and some bad. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the things I was thinking of because there's so many reports and, and there's such a uh, so such scrutiny put on, especially those first round quarterbacks. And one of them's on the 49ers and I'm covering everything. And like, there's just so much put on a young guy who's 21 years old, like Trey Lance. And all they talk about is, you know, how smart he is, how hard he works. And the 40 days he was off between OTAs and training camp, he logged the most hours on the team playbook iPads because they track those things. And you know, all these stories about how much they work. Back in the day, in 1987, and we even saw it with young Tom Brady, and we, you know, you see it with Michael Jordan, all the greats. They put in more work. Is there extra? Is there enough time left these days? Because everybody knows those stories now, and everybody works so hard in their off time. Is there enough of a gap between the average player and the top players to work that much more and outwork their competition? I feel like there's less of an opportunity for great players to outwork everybody these days because players are already working the maximum now throughout the offseason compared to back in the day and you can see why Jim McMahon had a short career and maybe someone else like uh, I don't know Joe Montana or uh, John Elway was working a little bit harder in some cases to have a better career for longer it's a good question I mean I guess the crux of the conversation is Who's working? Who's not working super hard? You know, I think that percentage has dropped yes. unbelievably. Mm-hmm. You know, that without question, that there's not many that are going through the motions. You know, going home, drinking twenty four beers, and chilling out. You know, I mean, <laughs> I just think there's more at stake, and the world's smaller, and that would be exposed. And you know, everyone knows the stories of. I mean, way back in the day, I mean. Bobby Lane and Kenny Stabler and the 70s guys, they just go out drinking all night and go to come to the practice hungover. And, you know, like, uh, you don't last long anymore doing that stuff. A lot more competition for your job, too. Yes, absolutely. And who knows? Maybe there is a lot of that. And it's the maybe you see a lot of it on Instagram. Maybe the, the guys are doing their they're like, uh, doing it for the gram and then going back and having their 24 beers and nobody knows the difference. And you think everyone's working out super hard and maybe some of them aren't. So maybe there's still enough of a gap for people to outwork each other. But I feel like that margin is a lot slimmer than it used to be Um, real quick. But technology moves so much quicker. I bet guys are like working smarter now, using better tools than their opponents, finding edges in in other ways. Yep. Brady's a great example. Former All-Pro edge rusher Justin Houston reached an agreement on a one-year contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Looks like one year worth up to $4 million, but it could be a lot less than $4 million. For a guy who's as good of a pass rusher as Justin Houston, um, and it looks like there's a report that maybe he took a little bit less because he wanted to be with uh, a contender. But man, one-year contract, not a lot of money for a guy who could rack up double-digit sacks pretty quickly. I was surprised by this contract and surprised that Houston couldn't get a better contract in, in a similar way that uh, Melvin Ingram earlier in the offseason signed for for less than I would have expected. Yeah, I was going to compare it to the Ingram deal because they have a 
similar track record, similar age, great careers. Both, I think, will be highly useful. They go to two of the rivals for about the same money. Um, smart organizations that say, I'd rather give Ingram $4 million than Bud Dupree 16 or I'd rather give Houston $4 million than Judon 16 or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not exactly sure of those numbers, but you get the idea. I mean, I'd rather have the $12 million in my pocket than the guys that left and mix these guys in. They're also good role models for some of the younger pass rushers on this, these teams, especially Jason Oway to me. I mean, really comes to mind that he could probably learn a thing from Justin Houston. Um, Baltimore had a need there. I mean, even after drafting Oway, he had no sacks in Penn State last year. He'd been of a project. And I think they're going to probably rotate Houston in, much like the Steelers will with Ingram. Not a super high percentage of snaps. And they can get by without great edge rushers, unlike Pittsburgh, because both teams blitz a lot, but their schemes are more dependent on edge rushing you know, stars in Pittsburgh. But the Ravens were the blitz-happiest team in the league last year. So if they can cut that down a little and still generate pressure, um, you know, then they rotate a lot of guys throughout their front line in general. So this makes a ton of sense and it's bargain shopping time, you know? Yeah. Bargain bin. You can find some good players at the beginning of training camp. A lot of seasons, veteran players too, with, uh, with how much players signed for in February and March. I'm a little bit surprised sometimes by what's available for teams in July. Let's move on to this last little story. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if you have any insight on this at all, Matt, but Troy Polamalu has tested positive for COVID-19. And he said on Twitter that I thank God that I feel great and family are well. I'm working with the Hall of Fame to ensure we abide by all protocols to make it to Canton in time for all the festivities. Uh, have you heard anything about if Troy Polamalu would be, it'd be rough? I mean, you're not even able to go there and get your gold jacket live and in Canton and and give your speech. That 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 ain't right. Like maybe maybe let him do it again next year. I don't know. This seems like a really bad situation though. Yeah, bad luck. I mean, just awful timing. I guess this came out Friday because I was actually on the air when it came out Friday night. So could he be cleared by this Friday? I tend to think not. I mean, I get on a plane and travel across country. I guess it's still a chance. They haven't ruled it out. But he's one of the class from last year. I mean, so he's already been waiting a year. (laughs) So I don't think he wants to wait another year. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um for those who don't know, Canton's two hours up the road from Pittsburgh, and there's also going to be three other Steelers going in this weekend. It's going to be black and gold like crazy. I, I don't think I told you this, but I'm going to be broadcasting from Canton Saturday and Sunday for three hours each, and we were hoping to get guys like Palomalu and Cower and Fanica and those guys to come sit down with us. And from what I understand, if, if he doesn't make the trip, which again, I think is a 10% chance, 10% chance that he does, he'll probably just record a accepted speech and they'll play it on the, you know, just play it for everybody. That uh, stinks. Yeah, that, that does stink. That's a bummer. I wonder how many over the course of last year, since he found out when he was going to go into the hall of fame, I wonder how many different revisions he's made to his speech at this point. And if he has to go another year, I mean, I'd rather just come back next year and do it in person. I don't know about that video thing, but that sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah. Take two. Let's do it again. I mean, that's not his style either. He's a very understated person, yeah. very personal. You know, I, I bet he's not having fun with this. So wait, how many speeches do we have this year then? If we got two years worth of inductees. 
it's it, well a, a bazillion because if you remember last year before I'd even heard the word COVID nineteen, the hall decided well we're going to bring in a, an extra huge class of all the veterans committee guys that were backed up. So last year's class was going to be enormous to begin with. I think it's twenty guys, and then you add it to this year's class. So they're going to do induction speeches Saturday and Sunday. But I bet they have to limit them to 10 or 15 minutes each or whatever. I mean, some of those get long, and that's a lot of guys. Wow. Yeah, that's And some of them have passed away, and, you know, not all of them are going to be there, you know. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, here's to uh, this COVID situation improving because we are so close to having football games with full stadiums, and I hope that is not in jeopardy now. Um, I've tried to ignore it, but it seems like I get a blurb every couple hours. <sighs> Lamar Lamar Jackson's on the COVID list. This guy's on the COVID list. Like all these players are on COVID list still. I thought the COVID list would go away by now. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I've seen too many players on too many teams and too many unvaccinated players, and uh, we're still having this conversation yeah. right now in August. And I thought that conversation would have been over at this point. I don't That's quite understand the testing procedures either. For they're testing vaccinated people, and I don't know. We'll find out, I guess, in the coming days and in the coming weeks, and we'll have it all covered for you as we do every day right here on Peacock and Williamson. Get those questions in for tomorrow's Twitter Tuesday at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. We'll talk to you then.